0: Happy New Year, church. Man, y'all look awake and alert and blue haired. Come on, Lewis. This is what I'm talking about. This is great. Well, hey, stand to your feet with me. We're going to read and honor God's word. I'm excited and expectant for what God has in store. And I hope the next few moments together help set us up for what I feel can be an absolutely amazing 2023. Matthew 6 is our passage as we kick off our new year, listening to the words of Jesus this is what he said. This is from the famous Sermon on the Mount. I'll start in verse 25. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Therefore, Jesus says, I tell you, do not worry. We can go home right there. <laughs> do not worry about your life. Oh my goodness. What you will eat or drink. About your body. There's another sermon. What you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? And then he goes on, as Jesus, the incredible orator, does in metaphors. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single Hour to his life. And why do you worry about clothes? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor, the richest man that ever walked the planet was dressed like one of these. If that is how, listen to this logic. I mean, if we could hear these words in faith, imagine in an age of anxiety, how liberating this could be. He said, if that's how God deals with grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the fire and gone tomorrow, how much, how much more will he clothe you? Oh, you have little faith. So don't worry. Saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the, for the pagans, the, the, the unbelievers, those that don't have relationship with the living God, they run after all of these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. And here's where we're going to camp out this morning. But seek first his kingdom. And his right. Matter of fact, why don't we read that together? Can we read verse 33 together? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Let's pray. Jesus, you're amazing. Your logic is sound. And your words are true. Would you encourage our hearts? Would you strengthen our souls? Would you commission us to be who you've created us to be? And Lord, as you said to pray without ceasing and pray about all things, Lord, we lift up the lowly Miami dolphins. Lord, you see us in our suffering. Help us, please. And all God's people said, amen. Have a seat. Turn your neighbor, give him a high five. Say, pray for your pastor. You would think by now, Dolphins fans, I mean, can we just have a, you would think by now we would know our MO is to snatch defeat from the clutches of victory. Like that's, that's our gift. That's our superpower. Why, Lord, why? Anyways, we are so prone to getting things out of order. We're so prone to miss the sequencing of very important things in life. Maybe you were like some beloved loved one in my life who got sucked into the Hallmark movie reality in these holidays. You don't have to raise your hand, mom, but maybe you got there and you had these cautioning tales of parents who, who decided, man, I'm going to make life. I'm going to provide for my kids. I'm going to give them everything that I never had only to throw themselves so thoroughly into work that by the time they turn around, they didn't give their kids, they lost their kids. Or parents who on the flip side of the coin focus all of their energy on their kids at sort of the de-evolution and the ultimate downfall of their marriage and the very focal point of their lives, which was their kids because their marriage falls apart. Their kids now have to suffer the carnage of divorce or let's take it outside of the marriage landscape, you've got singles who are looking around for the one without realizing that the one was also looking for the one and they needed to probably more aptly take their time to focus on being the one rather than finding the one. Come on, somebody, and deal with some of our issues that we all have so that when they finally found that person, they actually could bring emotional health and stability to the table. Woo. See, here's why this matters so much this morning. If you're watching online, joining in Guyana, here in the room, we are so prone to get things out of order in all sorts of different areas and facets of life. Oftentimes, one of the greatest tragedies is we even realize the important things, but because we can't get the sequencing down, we don't accomplish or actualize any of those things. At all. I mean, if, if, if we could just get our priorities right, if we could just get the first things first and the second things second and the third things third, if we could just get the sequencing down and the order in place, things could fall in line. And there is one priority I'm telling you, church, that stands above all the rest. And if you get this first thing first, well, it might just be that all things can be added to you as well. As a church, as a a staff, we spent time before the end of the year, uh, strategizing and sitting before God and saying, all right, Lord, who, who have you called us to be as a part of your body here in South Florida and across the state? We're part of the the larger capital C church, but God, what's our unique contribution? We're on your team. What are your marching orders? And, and we've continued to run after helping ordinary people become passionate followers of Jesus. And if God has spoken more and we've leaned in more in prayer and fasting, we sense God saying, hey, he's given us a unique heart and a call for the state of Florida. And so we want to, we want to go after green, thriving, multiplying microchurches in every county in the state of Florida. It's this big thing we're trying to do all together, and, and we want to make disciples, and we want to plant disciples, and when that happens, we're going to get lives impacted and gospel shared and missionary sent and justice and righteousness, and it takes strategy, and it takes intentionality, and it takes work, and it takes effort, and it takes labor, and it takes dollars, and it takes investment. But there is one thing that is absolutely imperative. And if we miss this one thing, we miss everything. This one thing should drive and focus everything we do. It is our greatest and our first priority. And if you're in the room or watching online and you would say, I'm a disciple of Jesus. We exist to help ordinary people like you and I become passionate followers or disciples of Jesus. If you are a passionate follower of Jesus, this one core driving imperative is the same for you as it is for me, as it is for us. Are you ready to hear what it is? Here's what I'm hoping we would hang our hats on as we come to the first service in the first day of this first new year, that we would give God our first and we would give God our bet by deciding with passion this. Until I, until you, until we connect with God, everything else is a distraction. Until I connect with God Everything else is a distraction. Until you as a family connect with God, everything else is a distraction. There are good things, there are incredible things, there are meaningful things, there are valuable things, but not every good thing is a God thing. And until you or I connect with God, everything else is a distraction. Point number one, if you're taking notes, is this. God wants our attention. God wants our attention. Turn your neighbor and say, pay attention. Is that Brandon? What's up, man? God wants, he got my attention. God wants our attention. The most precious thing that we can give to God is our attention. I thought it was our love. Well, you kind of need to give someone your attention if you're ever going to give them your, your love. It starts there. Our, our our littlest one, you've heard many stories about our oldest, Liam, but our littlest one, Lucia, is absolutely precious. And this little girl, she's three years old now. She is increasingly finding her voice and her little personality is beginning to spark through. She is sweet. She is sugary, but she's got a little bit of mama spunk to her as well. And a uh, little Lucia, uh, she, she, likes to talk a lot, but she's at that age where you can mostly understand what she's saying. Like most of the time, it's kind of one of those things where other people like what? And you like parents, you understand because you learn how to decipher your kid's language and uh so she'll she'll say stuff and most of the time i'm like yeah i'm tracking with her but every now and then lucy says stuff i'm like i don't know if that's english spanglish she's in a bilingual preschool spanish tongues i don't know what that is that she's saying but it's so cute and i'm like yeah and, and parents don't judge me right now but I'll, you'll, you'll be like yeah yeah uh-huh yes lucy yeah Anybody, any parents ever done that before? Can we be a little? Okay, thank you very much. This is my people here. First of the year, y'all are the honest ones, right? And so I'm like, yeah, Lucy, yeah. And that worked for like year two. Year three, Lucy ain't having it. She will look at me and she's like, dad, no. Dad, no. I'm like, well, what? And she's, she gets it. She's like, you didn't hear what I said. You're not even paying she realizes it. Little three-year-old Lucy has already picked up on when I'm like, yeah, 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 because I'm tracking and I love it, and when I'm like, yeah, 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 because I'm actually, I actually have no idea what she's saying at all. God, like Lucy, she'll, she'll say to me, no, dad, no, dad, listen. Lucy wants my attention. God wants our attention. The poet Mary Oliver said it like this. She said, we are too preoccupied to listen to the quiet voices that seek to nourish and refresh us. Doesn't that ring true? Jesus was saying this thousands of years before right here in Matthew 6. He says, listen, look look around in nature. Look at the birds. Look at the grass. Are they good? Yeah. Okay, you're more valuable than them. God's got you. Jesus has been saying it centuries before. God wants our attention. I would argue that in our modern cultural context, the most valuable commodity and the scarcest resource is attention. You guys do realize there are billions of dollars and industries and business moguls that have made their living off your attention. There's entire industries that ebb and flow based simply off of nothing other than your attention. Is it possible that industries and business leaders and advertisers and marketers have better realized the value of our attention than often we have? I think it's the greatest gift that we can give to God. Well, what's going to happen in that time, John, when I sit down to listen to Jesus? I have no idea, but something, I bet. Maybe you get an impression. All of a sudden, a challenging co-worker pops in your mind. You're like, ah, it's the devil. <laughs> maybe it's God. And he actually loves them, cares about them, knows their situation and why they're being so hellish at work and has a plan for them to flourish and thrive. And maybe, just maybe, if we took... The time and gave him some attention. He might download that plan to us to begin to pray to get his heart. Maybe it's thoughts, it's words, it's ideas, it's an impression for someone in your microchurch. It's an encouragement that when we show up and gather, we don't just come empty-handed, hoping for the waiters to bring the smorgasbord. We show up like a potluck dinner with something to bring to the table for the nourishment and edification of other people. You know what that sounds like? Some of y'all like Golden Corral. No, it sounds like church. That's church. That's a vision of church. We all come bringing something to the table. Maybe it's thoughts, words, ideas. You write them down. You see how God might be trying to prompt and lead you into his kingdom, his righteousness, and all the things that you know you need. Because who you'll become is the direct result of who you give your attention to. What you meditate on, you magnify. What you magnify moves you. It's simple math. Who you'll become. You're like, I have a vision for my life. You're like, I've got my vision board. I've done New Year's resolutions. Anyone do New Year's resolutions or goals? And and we have aspirations. None of y'all. Okay, cool. I I do a semblance of that. So you've got some stuff set up. This is where I want to be. What do we do with the phenomena that the gyms are packed January and February and empty in March? Like, for real, for real. Do people not, do, do people just not mean it? No. They mean it, but they don't change aspects and core components of their life. And so you can have a goal, but a goal without a plan is just a dream. And when you set apart focused time to give God attention, you now allow him to direct your daily steps, which direct your monthly trajectory, which, tri- which directs your annual outcome. But it starts with attention. Point number one, God wants our attention. And point number two, and, and, and this is really a, a pretty short and direct talk this morning as we get ready to begin our 21 days of prayer and consecration consecration. I'm praying that we would give him our attention first. So give him your attention first. All throughout scripture, there's this interesting principle of firsts. When it comes to the tithe, it's not just about the magic 10% number. It's about the tithe being your first 10%. Jesus said here in Matthew Matthew 6, 33, read it with me again. He says, but seek what? What's up with first? Here's what's up with first. If you give first, you don't know if you're going to have second. Some of y'all who grew up in a big family with food, you're like, amen, right? Once you get first, you don't know if you're going to have seconds. So firsts is not about firsts, it's about faith, which we know is God's love language. He rewards those who diligently seek him. He, Those who come to God must believe that he is. God loves faith. So when we seek him, we seek him first. Jesus says, so seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus's premise is simple and yet profound. Here's his premise. Life is really complicated, and there's lots of difficult decisions, amen? And yet, life can actually be very, very simple. Not easy, but simple. We have all these complicated realities. There's food and clothing and kids and housing and family and jobs and economy and relationships and career. And some of you are already starting to get heart palpitations right now. Life is really complicated, and yet life can be very simple. Verse 32, You, verse 33, you, you seek him first. He says that... The pagans run after all of these things, these earth necessities, and look what he says. And verse thirty-two, your heavenly Father. What does it say? He knows. You guys realize, like God understands life, right? Like he, uh-uh, he gets it. Like God, I got bills to pay. He's like, I, I, I know. God, I got these relationship situations. I know. God, I am still single at 37. He's like, I know. He gets it. He knows. And what Jesus makes abundantly clear is he does not just know intellectually, he cares emotionally. Which is why he ends it with, so seek first the kingdom and all of these things will be added to you. But if we want the end, we have to start at the beginning, which is we seek him first. You're like, Pastor John, what does first mean in the original Greek? First. It means in an all-encompassing way. It's talking about priority, literally, first. It's talking about importance, the weight and gravitas that you give. It's talking about order. It's talking about significant. Every weighty way that you think first could be nuanced in the biblical language, the answer is yes. Seek him first. Most, most highest priority, first the thing that you do. Most often thing that you do, seek him first. There's so many firsts, which is convenient. You have the first of the morning. You have the first of the week. You have the first thing you do when you start a meeting, get a break, take a vacation. And we obviously have one huge first that we are on literally today. It's the first of the new new year. It's happy new year. It's 2023. It's we survived and made it somehow by the grace of God. It's a first. We seek him first. Jesus said, seek him first, seek first his kingdom. It's a reminder that our lives are not fundamentally about us, it's about him. If you follow Jesus, it's his kingdom and all of these things, the important necessary life stuff. Yeah, 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 I got it. He's he's gonna add it to you, everything, food, clothing, housing, provision. Because a father knows, Jesus says, you need them. In fact, the Father's so good for any of us that have been walking with Him for any period of time. Often it's not just the needs that the Father meets. He even meets a bunch of our wants. Like God, I I actually didn't need that, but I really did want it because He's that good. We got a chance to go to Legoland this past week for a little family getaway. How many parents have you ever taken your kids to Lego, Legoland? Anyone been to Legoland? It's a magical place. If like Disney World is designed for like all ages to experience, Legoland is like, are you an eight-year-old boy? You will love it at Legoland, right? And so it hit the sweet spot, especially for Liam, who's not quite there, but he was all about Legoland. And so... Uh, Liam was there and he was having a blast and one of the first things that I convinced my son to do, okay, you don't have to put the picture up yet, but I'll put it up in a moment it'll make sense. One of the first things that I asked Liam to do is I convinced him to go on a roller coaster, which was really great until he hated it. So we did the roller coaster and he was like happy the whole time and then he was crying miserable. And, but then he was, I was like, are you, dad, you glad you did it though? You were brave? He's like, yes, but I'm never doing it again. I was like, okay, just wait till you're older. So we're coming off of, and he's like a little teary off the roller coaster. And and these amusement park designers are very strategic in a dastardly way. Because right, right next to like the roller coaster where your kid might like not want to do it or. You might make them cry. Um, let's say, per se, if some parent did that, uh, they have like all of these toys, funnel cakes and then like all these amusement park little sections with these carnival games. And so Liam is mesmerized by the carnival game. Now, my son is not shy. He is many things. One is not shy. And so he walks up to the carnival game guy and at Legoland, you have these little those little Lego characters. You can like trade them with the people who work there. So he walks up, he's like, Hey, can I trade you? And the guy's like, Oh, and I, apparently it's like a thing. They're all supposed to have him. He didn't have his because it was like the first thing in the morning. The park just opened. He's like, Oh, I don't have one. And then he said, but you can pick something from the wall. Now for some kids, they might not know what to do. Liam knew just, he picked the biggest thing that he saw on that entire wall. And he's like, Okay, I'll take that. And I look at the guy like, you said it, bro. <laughs> And he's like, okay. And so he gives Liam this like squish mellow, I don't know, p- parents probably mortgage their house to get enough tokens to be able to win this game. He just gives it to Liam. So the entire day, Liam's walking around with this like little toy, the envy of all of the children. You know, the parents are like, man, how much did you have to spend to get that? And I'm like, well, he just, my son just kind of asked and they gave it to him. And they're like, and they all looked at me weird. And the first time was a weird story. The second time was a weird story. The third, by the fourth time, I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, yeah. And so I spent the entire day at the park just being, be, wow, how did you get that thing? Whoa, where did you get that for? Oh, man, their kids are looking at it. They're like, wow, where, where'd you get that? I was like, my son just asked for it. Man, my son just asked for it. My son just asked for it. My son just asked for it. And then finally, I felt like God was like, hmm. Interesting. And it got me thinking about the character of God. God is not a narcissist. God is not insecure. God does not have pity parties at home because he's lonely and he just wishes we would hang out with him. So he sits at home and binges Netflix. God calls us and invites us to seek him first because it's what we were made for. God calls us and invites us to seek him first because it's how we were designed to thrive. God calls us and invites us to seek him first because if we accept his invitation, the life that we have been longing for but not knowing how to articulate or pinpoint and all of our astute planning will be found in relationship with him. And it got me wondering how many proverbial and metaphorical life works and fortunes have been spent on tokens with amusement park ride and games that are rigged for your failure from the jump. Y'all know that, right? Never gonna win them. And God's sitting there on the other side of the booth like, can I get $20 more tokens? He's like, yeah. Okay, let me do another. And he's like... I wish you'd just ask. I wish you'd just ask. I wonder what it would be like if we had a church full of Liam's with the moxie and the chutzpah and the relationship to just go up to the booth and say, God, okay, I've been thinking about, God, I've, been, I've really been, God, I'm a little nervous about, God, I'm not quite sure what, God, I'll be honest, I'm frustrated about. I think when we hear seek him first, we think in a religious framework of hello, father. It is great to be enthroned in your presence this morning. What if God wanted to invite you to daily or multiple times a day connection point? because all of the things that you need and all of the wants and desires of your heart were intended to be defragged and untangled in conversation with him. First, what if we find ourselves so frustrated in life, not simply because life is hard, which it is, and sin brings brokenness, which it does, but because we've been running hard in our own efforts and energies, rather than seeking him first and leaning on his. Or we've been running after the wrong things rather than seeking him first and getting clarity and direction from our Father in heaven. I'm sitting there walking around with Liam with his little Squishmallow Christmas tree thing. And I'm wondering how many And how often we spend all of our time and energy spinning our wheels before we ever stop to ask. Here's the application. I'm praying church that as we begin this year, we would commit in our hearts to establish a new rhythm, a new routine, a new flow where we would seek him first in everything. In everything. How do you start your day? How do you start a meeting? How do you start your strategic planning and thinking in your job, in your workplace, in your business, in your nonprofit? How do you start your family vacation that we would seek him first in everything? In this moment, in this particular context, I would love for us to begin our year in this way. As we've done for the past decade or so, we begin our year in some derivative of days of consecration, prayer, and fasting. This year, beginning today, we're starting off the entire year, the month of January, in 21 days of consecration, prayer, and fasting. We're carving apart time. The last 10 days of that 21 days, we're calling a church wide fast for whatever segment of that 10 days you can do or you would like to do. We'd love to have you join us. It's all about disciplining our hearts to get into a habit of seeking Him first. The beauty is that habits, while they are challenging, they can be formed in about a month. What if you decided, what if we decided this year, this month, that we would seek him first. 21 days of consecration, 10 days of prayer and fasting. We've got some resources that we've created for you. Here's an easy application step that I'd love, honestly, for everyone here in the room online to do right now. If you take out your phone, we've created a 21-day devotional where each day you've got prayer prompts for morning, noon, and night. So if you're like, man, I, I... I just, I would like to do that. I conceptually understand, Pastor John, how that could be beneficial and or helpful. I just don't know what I would even do. Got you covered. We'll give you some training wheels to get you started. We can all be doing this collective and on the same page. We've designed a 21-day devotional. That's something that you can do in community. So for any of our microchurch leaders, this would be a great thing to put in your microchurch group, me or your WhatsApp groups to do together. Here's all you got to do. Text the word prayer, there it is, to the number on the screen, you'll get a daily prayer prompt that's a reminder about what's in that day's devotional. If that would be helpful to you to keep you on track, to give you that sort of bumper lanes, if you will, in the spiritual realm, we'd love to do that. Text prayer to that number, and you can do that right now. Some of us have reception in this bunker. Second thing is this, if you got you got a card on your way in, it also has a QR code, which will take you to that page on our website. Um, there are resources. If you're like, I would like to fast. What does that look like? Talk to your microchurch leader. Talk to some people in your microchurch. We have resources on the website about how to fast. What does prayer look like? What is it like to read the Bible? I, I would like, to, John, I re, I do care about God. I want to have a better relationship. How can I do that? It starts right here. Give him your attention, which means spend some time with him and do it first. The other thing you got on your way in is this VIP card. This is something that we've done for a while, and, and I'd love for every single one of us to be doing during this time of consecration, prayer, and fasting. On your way in, you got it. If you didn't, you can grab it on your way out at the little tables there by the offering boxes. What this is is that the way of Jesus and life is not about us. It's about God, his glory, and it's about people he loves. This is a really simple tool where you put on this card the names of people in your life, neighbors, coworkers, family members, friends that you love, that you care about, that have not yet experienced Jesus in a personal or meaningful way. Maybe they've been around religion. Maybe religion has been the worst thing for them and it's poisoned them to the thought of God caring about them, but you're committed to pray for them every single day that God would bless them, that God would move in their life, that God would encounter them in a way that's personal and real to them and you're committed to invest in one of those relationships with the goal of every single week. Take this, utilize this. There's a digital option for that as well on the website. I, I want us to, to sort of put our, our, our feet to the path here and actually walk this thing out together. You guys clear on those resources? VIP card, devotional. Jesus' promise at the end of it, in verse 34. After... The call to seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. All these things will be given to you. He says, therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus says, don't change, don't spend time worrying about the future because it changes nothing other than your stress levels, <laughs> right? That's, not, that's about the only thing worrying for your future changes. You know what can change your future though? God which is why the call is to seek him first. He says, don't spend time worrying because it changes nothing. Instead, accept Jesus's invitation to let him do the very heavy lifting, to devote your year to God by seeking him first, his kingdom, his insight, his words, his thoughts, and let him add all things you need. Imagine what this year could be if we decided to live this out.